Recorded live from the WayoFM.org studios in the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York, welcome to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. In this podcast, we take an objective look at dramatic change, and as two transgender women, I think we know a thing or three about that. And we will talk about transgender issues on this show in a way that we think will be both informative and entertaining, but we'll also be looking at the amazing number of radical changes that we're experiencing in our society as well. And in this week's episode, we'll be chatting with another friend of mine, Glenn Esty. And the reason he's here is because he is a survivor of conversion therapy at a church-sponsored institution, I believe back in the 1980s. He has had an amazing spiritual experience inside and outside of the church that brought him back to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after years of not attending. And when I was pretending to be a guy, we served together in our congregation's local leadership, and that's where we became such good friends. But for now, let's continue with the time-honored tradition of the music swell and fade out! Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love we do have expenses and by going to transformationthursday.com they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today plus get exclusive patrons only content um if i say yes can we get on to our next segment oh god i hope so Okay then, transformationthursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure, I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. Our guest today is Glenn Esty. Today's episode deals with a topic that I personally despise. Conversion therapy is a quack approach to cure a gay or transgender person of their gayness or transness. But these so-called therapies are proven to do more harm than good, and it only seems to be advocated by institutions with ties to conservative religious organizations. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, and from what I can gather about places where conversion therapy is done, there seems to be more hooking up going on than curing. Well, the whole idea of curing LBGTQ plus people of their illness is as fundamentally flawed, well, as that of me being the queen of the Nile. Oh, come on, still? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Penny. Oh, well. Well, let's let's get it started with Glenn and let's have him tell us about his story. Everyone, welcome to Transformation Thursday, my close personal friend and a very good man, Glenn Esty. 
Yay. Yay. Welcome Good Blaine. evening, ladies. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. Well, thank you for thanking us. <laughs> yeah. So, so Glenn, you know, we, we did a little bonus episode a few minutes ago that's going to be on our Patreon page, um, which you fine listeners just heard something about. But, you know, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that in, you know, a minute or two, who's Glenn Esty? Oh, well, uh, Glenn Esty was raised in uh, conservative Utah in the heart of uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, growing up in around seventh grade, Glenn kind of realized that he was more attracted to men than women or boys and girls. But wasn't quite sure about that because I, I thought maybe everybody was. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But anyway, growing up, I kind of... This was something I just kept down and, and kept to myself. And uh, around 23, I uh, found the best woman I could find, the one that would make me straight, and uh, married her. And uh, hoped beyond hope that that would just uh, make me, cure me of being gay or any thought I ever had of being with another guy. And, um, did it work? Uh, well, evidently not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I guess I was able to suppress it for maybe five years. And, and then after that, it it just, it kept getting worse and worse. And, and, uh, one night, I guess if I was to tell a story, um, we were selling the car and I had to meet uh, the guy that was going to buy the car in Salt Lake. And uh, he said, oh, is this a car? He said, well, let's talk about the car over a drink. And one thing led to another, and pretty soon I was drunk. And and uh, he took me to his apartment, and things got, uh, they went where they shouldn't have gone. And so after that, the guilt was horrible. And uh, I confessed that to a first my bishop and then to a church counselor, and adv- he advised me to confess it to my wife. And that's where things just uh, really went downhill. Because after that, you know, they sent me to Evergreen, uh, which is sponsored. Or I don't I want, I, I, before we get to Evergreen, I think there's still a lot in there to unpack. OK, so let's let's go back real quick. You said you're not sure. But why were you not sure about your sexuality at, you know, you said age 12, seventh grade, you know, why were you not sure? I don't even think I really knew what a gay person was at 12 or 13 at seventh grade. I didn't even know how to deal with that, even process it, think about it. I I didn't know what it was. I did kind of know that I was supposed to be attracted to women and I knew something was missing. So I just faked it. Okay. And I was able to do that pretty well. And I knew what I was supposed to be thinking and supposed to be feeling because my friends were like that. And um, so that's kind of what I did. So for the benefit of our listeners, what year is that? Oh, wow. Okay. That would be... The maths are always hard. That's all right. (laughs) Let's see. That would be 1976. Okay, so 1976, you're 12 years old. Yeah. 
And so for a lot of our listeners who are probably millennials, that's a totally different age. I mean, we were not having conversations like we do now about LGBTQ issues so openly and freely. So that and that's about the time of Spencer W. Kimball. And for our non-Mormon listeners, that was the more president of the Mormon Church in the 70s and 80s who wrote a book called The Miracle of Forgiveness. Yeah. And did you know anything about that book? Because I know that book screwed me up in the late 90s because I was a so-called transvestite. I didn't see that book until um, later. I had heard of that book. And then there was another pamphlet that came out called To the One. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that one. That To the One is a pamphlet, I think, and I can't remember who it was written by either. To the One? Called To the One. And it basically said that the reason that you're gay is because you're selfish. You only think about yourself. You don't, you don't think about other people. You, yeah, it was pretty brutal. So did you, have you been able, I mean, you kind of get an emotional, I mean, so I'm sorry if that. I I remember that. Yeah. I just, yeah. I I hadn't thought about that for ever. I didn't mean to trigger you. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm all, I'm all right. <laughs> no, so, may I? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. So back then, were you aware that there was such a thing as homosexuality? Was that ever in in your um, in, in in your sphere of knowledge? I remember I'm about ten years older than you, it seems, and um, I re- remember feeling so isolated because as far as I could tell, there was nobody else in the world like me. And that was such a terrible and isolating feeling. And I had no, I was afraid to tell, to say anything about this to my parents or anybody else. And I remember how isolating that was. And you were where again? Where were you? Salt Lake. Salt Lake. So I'm imagining that there was not a thriving gay community in Salt Lake at this point. Well, or at least that you were aware of. I was in seventh grade. At yeah. this point. So yeah. seventh grade and then, you know, eighth, ninth grade, you learn a little bit more. Ninth grade and then 10th grade, you learn a lot more. And then somewhere in there, you kind of learn a lot, lot more. Well, and I'm sure the, all the things you right. learned about, about, about homosexuality was in... in Probably 10th locker- grade. Yeah. 10th grade. And in locker rooms sort of learning? Uh, no, actually, um, I was kind of... I got my first job at Denny's restaurant when I was in... 16. And so mm-hmm. I downtown, I met probably what they would call the undesirables of the city. Mm. Uh, it, I worked graveyard shift from 11 at night to seven in the morning. Wow. Uh, that's kind of where I learned everything. <laughs> so, okay. So you got, so, so you and got, I was 16. Yeah. Wow. So you got, you got a, you got a different kind of education. Yeah. Than the, uh, yeah. That than was, you would get from the Mormon church. Uh, yeah, that was, So Mormon church related at that time, did you go through any type of worthiness interviews? And at that time, were they incorporating in the law of chastity stuff and any questions about masturbation and, you know, sexual relations? Not at that time. Not not at at 16. Not not that I remember. Not in the 70s? No. And I remember I I didn't even. Okay. I worked, but I did not. I didn't even drink coffee then. And I worked 11 at night to seven in the morning. How do you work that shift and not drink coffee? It, it took a while, but yeah. it, pretty soon I did. But. Okay. So you mentioned confessing 
with early, and we'll get there later, but did you ever mention to your bishop or any local leadership that you were gay in your teenage years? No. No? So mm. you're never... I don't even know that I really even admitted it to myself. So you're never counseled then to marry a woman? So was that just, or is that, how did you nope. come up to the conclusion that if I marry a woman, I'm going, I might be cured? I, on my own. On your own? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, just on my own. <laughs> okay. So, so, I mean, but at the time though, I mean, it's just such a different age and it's just so far fetched from today's age, 40 years on to think, you know, that wasn't even on your radar screen and you've never even heard the word gay or homosexual at, no, at 12 I would years old. say that I, you know what, I was, uh, not that I'm like the most butch guy around or anything, but there were, I had friends that were like stereotypical gay, you know, you could tell, right. And, um, I know what they went through and I was able to take cues off of them and go, Oh, don't do that. Or you're, or you're, or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be made fun of if you do that. So I remember I would consciously go, "You can't do that. Don't do that." What didn't you do? Like use my hands too much to talk. Um, <laughs> be flamboyant. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, you uh, you'd be too expressful with my hands. I re that was one thing. Remember, Glenn, keep your hands straight. Don't. Don't what? use your so hands too much. Yeah, I mean, don't be too expressful with your hands, right? Uh, don't lisp when you talk. Make sure that you and keep your voice low. Not like this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get to the eighties, and, you, and you're married at this point, right? Uh, in nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. You're married. And you have an affair with another man. That was probably 1980. Late 80s. 89. Okay. And so at that point, so you confess and you confess to your wife and everything just falls apart in your world. Is that a yeah, accurate? Pretty much. Well, yeah. We, I mean, at first it's like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm really, but you know what? We're going to get through this. We're going to fix it. I'm going to do what it takes. Going to Evergreen every every week. What is Evergreen for those of us who are not? Evergreen home? is the LDS church. Well, I would uh, say it, was. It, it was now, right? Right, because yeah. now it's something else. It's North, North Star. Star. Uh, and I don't even think they do that anymore. No, don't they don't do the conversion therapy, but they still advocate for. And they have groups that you know say you know you can deal with being gay or being trans without transitioning and. Or without, you know, and there and there are people that don't transition who are trans, and I don't want to discount that, but, you know, it's focusing on living that gospel-centered life, and that's my paraphrasing of it, and I'm not very active in that. I'm not very active around that circle for the specific reason. When I looked at their website, I'm like, ew, I don't want to be part of that, so I've just never really been involved with it. So Evergreen was a conversion therapy? Conversion therapy, at arm's distance... From the church of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But we would still meet in a church. But mm -hmm. you'd still, you know, it would be kind of like an AA meeting in a church. Okay. But for gays. Right. So conversion therapy. So who led the groups? I mean, how, um, how's this They happening? had counselors there that would, that would 
uh, lead the groups and they uh, they would assign someone in the leadership to give a lesson every week and um, they would talk about different things and then we would have activities on um, Saturday where we would do things that were butch like play football or baseball or something like that and they would teach us how to play baseball or you know <laughs> something sports, like that sports 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 Hey, they're sportsing hard over there. Let's go sports with them. So yeah, we we did that on Saturdays. And so we, no show no show tunes on Saturday. No, no Broadway plays. Uh, any um, any touring things, something like that. You weren't allowed to say Barbara Streisand. Or, <laughs> no. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so, but that's a common theme because I have another friend who went through this. And one of the things, he, his was an inpatient in the South. And one of the things they would do is they would watch manly shows together. They would also change the oil in the car. Yep. Oh, we, yeah. learned, we learned how to do that. Yeah. yeah. Gays can't change oil. That's a, that's a known fact. No, no. But I was at a Jiffy Lube. Well, not Jiffy Lube. I was at a quick change oil place yesterday. My cis male neighbor pulled up right next to me, so it's not only the trans and gay people going to, to Valvoline or Jiffy Loop. Yeah, I know. A lot of straight people go there, too, because they want what to do save do? time. What do you do with the oil? <laughs> <laughs> the way you asked me that. <laughs> yeah, what, what, and also, what is it that you're lubing in a Jiffy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... So, but what happens in the, so do you remember any lesson that specifically other, I mean, of course, like anything, what would be a lesson that stood out to you though, beyond, you know, changing oil or learning sports? You know what? I I do remember that there was a lot of blame to go around. A lot of it was centered on, um, you didn't have a good relationship with your father, which is the reason that you're gay because you were you didn't have a close relationship with your father your father was absent or and you had a domineering mother and which in my case kind could be true uh you know but i don't i don't know that it, it if you think about it isn't it kind of true for everybody maybe somewhat or you know different people more so than others or you know what i mean so they yeah. took general things and everybody was like it's kind of like you when someone reads your horoscope it could could apply at different times you know yeah. it's like oh yeah yeah that fits well fit last week you know my mom was sometimes bossy and sometimes she wasn't sometimes my dad was there and sometimes he wasn't so so it was easy to to say oh yeah that that works perfect because it kind of works for everybody in a way you know some yeah. more than others, but you know it still works. So I don't know. I I kind of think that's they did that, and um, I don't know. It it just I went for four years, and I it things were just went from bad to worse. It didn't cure anything. It just I met more people. It um, yeah, I don't know. It just uh, like like you were saying. I remember sitting next to a guy. We all went to dinner one night, and one guy whispered. How many guys have you slept with in this circle of twenty people? And he, and I said, Well, I don't know. And he said, oh, I have everybody but one. Oh dear, you? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> oh Glenn. <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, so that gets back to one of the things that, you know, another podcast in the Mormon world that I've listened to, especially the post-Mormon world, is a lot of those groups are known for cuddle parties. Cuddle parties? Cuddle parties. My daughter has cuddle parties. We're not talking that kind of cuddle. Oh, jeez. You're looking at me like, so I'm thinking this never... No, no, no. You know what? I I remember. Okay. So, like... uh, Let's see. Okay, so I do remember. You like, answer what you're comfortable answering. Uh, no, I'll I answer, want to preface. I, that. I am an open book. I will I know, answer anything years. you ask me. I will tell you it. So I remember there was one of the leaders of of um of the group. He asked me to come to his house, and I rem- He he just kept pawing all over me, and he and it, uh, he goes, and he he. I know it was a big struggle for him, man. He he was like, I want to, but I don't want to. And, oh, I maybe you just better leave. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, he passed. So it was, it was you know, I don't know. There's all, there's all kinds, of, kinds of weird stories like that. Yeah. But one of the things, like cuddle party, so getting to help answer Penny's question. So what I've heard is like these men that are gay living in, heterosexual marriages, quote unquote, will have these parties where the women will go upstairs and do their thing. And then the men will go downstairs and have their own little naked cuddle party. Nothing like that in your world. Not even close. Not even close. (laughs) But but I've heard this like multiple times in groups that, you know, are still not evergreen, but North Star related. Doesn't happen in North Star, one of their events, but... Kind of like that group of people, like this. We'll just move the party someplace else. So mm. it's kind of an interesting thing. So, and so wh- where's this party at? So, <laughs> <laughs> Taking notes, are we? <laughs> Somewhere in Salt Lake City. So you need to go home again. <laughs> so this is the mid '90s, late '90s, and so so when does your marriage end? And no, what, no, no. What? This is the late '80s. Late '80s. So um, my marriage ends. Let's see. Uh, uh, what's it? We get, we get there. We get. We do the. We go through counseling. I, at one point, I was like, "And you're not being do cured." The, the shock therapy thing, and I say, "No, we almost do that." And I go, "We changed our mind. We're not doing that." Oh, good decision. And yeah, that was a good decision. I was like, um, "And what happened?" Um, finally, we decide that this is probably not. A, going to work and you know this being the marriage yeah this being the marriage and now at this point have you given up on curing yourself um yeah Yeah. i kind of yeah so that's late 80s early 90s that you're like okay i'm gay yeah and it's it's kind of it's yeah it's kind of like i i there's a period of like oh i'm just free and Okay, you so, know what I mean. So after your marriage, what happens to Glenn? You know, you 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 come out of a quote unquote heterosexual marriage. You know you're gay at this point. You know what what do you do to explore that sexuality outside of the bounds of you know the church and you know marriage to a woman? You what do want, I? I mean, what, what I mean is. Uh, Probably have to do some editing here. Were you dating dudes? Is that what you trying to <laughs> No. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. no, but I mean, were, yeah, were you dating? Were, you know, were you going out? Were you going to bars? I mean, what? Yeah, what I, I kind of did a lot of that. Yeah. I yeah. kind of did a lot of that and kind of 
this weird is so, and crazy stuff. And then yeah, this was the point where you had actually kind of separated yourself from the church. Are you still a? No, I left. Okay. I was done. So you were done yeah. with the church, and so you felt free, and you were out in the world as a openly gay man or a closeted gay man. Yeah. No, Which, openly. Openly yeah. gay man living that sort of life. Yeah. And how long did that last? Uh, 90, well, somewhere in there, 95, I moved to Austin, Texas, lived there for a while. Good place. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, Kind of kept in touch with my ex-wife, though, and she, then she called me to come back and said, let's give it another shot. So I was kind of Did you? In there. I actually did. Or said I would. I said, uh. no, let's go back. So I did go back to Salt Lake at that point, met her a while, then she, but she met someone else and married him. So okay. that kind it was, I, in a way, dodged a bullet, but I was kind of heartbroken at the same time. It's are, are, are we sure we're not listening to an episode of Dallas? I mean, this is really getting, Yeah, it's... It's sounding... It's it's pretty fascinating. So how was your family in all of this? Take, do, what, you said you weren't close to your father. Were you... I, no, actually, my dad was cool. My mom was not cool. Okay. My mom was not cool. My mom was like, you need to, like, marry, get your Those crap are, together. Your mom was also LDS? Very much. Okay. Yeah, and so. she so she was like, you need to do the right thing, get married. Have kids. Have bring, kids. Yeah. Be a priesthood leader. Yep, all of that. So yeah. it was like, it was horrible, yeah. So what year do you end up here in Rochester? Uh, let's see, here, uh, 90, 98, okay. 99, 90, actually November of 98. And so by that time, you're, everything's over with your ex. Yep. You're, what, what, what brings you to Rochester from Salt Lake City? Um, just, it's kind of, well, I was working for a real estate company, right? And um, I got a call from Rochester, New York, and they and the guy on the other line was telling me what a great place Rochester was. And they, and oh, he I, sold you. He did. <laughs> he, he, and I could make a million dollars here and I, and how wonderful it was. So, um, you know, make a long story short, I, I thought I'd come down and give it a shot. And, um, here, here I am. At that point, you're out of the church, you're a gay guy, you're here in Rochester and, but eventually you come back to the church. Right. Um, so then I meet my current partner and uh, we've been together since, uh, well, I met him in 99. We dated for five years and, and I moved in with him in 2005. Um, 2012, to make a long story short, I get a call from my brother saying my mom needs me. I need to go home, um, that she's dying. I get home and I talk to my mom see my mom on her deathbed and she says um she calls me over and uh she says i think all of my children will eventually come back to the church but you i said yeah you're right i i don't <laughs> think i will and uh she says why not and i said well because i think the church is full of crap and uh i could tell as soon as i said that that i'd hurt her feelings and that's a hard thing for a mom on her deathbed to hear Right. Yeah. And I could tell that, I mean, she really felt bad. And I says, look, mom, you're going to die. And when, whenever that happens, whenever that happens, if you want to give me a sign that you want me to come to church, I'll be open to that sign, whatever it is. And she says, okay. 
<laughs> I'm like, really? And so, she's, yeah. yeah. And that was it. And, um, you know, a week later she died. And then where, where, where's mom at that point? In the hospital. Well, in Salt Lake City? Salt Lake in Salt Lake City. City, yeah. So you come back home. So I come back home. And you're waiting for the sign? No, not really. I'm just sitting there on the porch and I'm sitting there going, yeah, that was, my mom had a nice funeral. That was really cool. You know, and I'm sitting, I go, and I did kind of tell my mom I'd look at the church again or something. So I get on Facebook and I'm like reading, I get on like a Mormon Facebook page and I start talking about it and they start having their weird conversations and all this. And mm -hmm. I, I'm looking at it, I'm going, and there's some lady talking about the planet Kolob and I don't know. And, and <laughs> Penny just rolled her eyes I, like, whoa. I know. That's right? a whole nother, so, that's and a then, whole then, nother story. And then there was like some, and someone's talking about how like the, she almost got raped and if she would have lost her virginity, she would have rather been dead than raped. And I was like, okay, uh -huh. this is why I left, right? Mm, right? So I'm like, this is why I left. And so like, I, I'm writing this on the Facebook page. I'm going, this is why you guys are nuts. This is why. Yeah. And this late, other lady jumps in and she goes, you know, as you can tell, this Facebook page is full of weird ideas. She goes, if you're really thinking of coming back to the church, you should call the missionaries over and have a discussion with them. And I just looked at my computer and I went, <laughs> <laughs> and I shut the screen. And as soon as I did that, the doorbell rang. It was the missionaries. Hmm. I'm like, that's my mom's line. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, okay, a promise is a promise. I did tell her I would go. I've kept it. Good. And but since coming back, so you that was 2012, 13. Yep. So there's been some things with the church, though, especially when you and I were serving together. Do you want to talk about the experience of the November 2015? Exclusion policy? Oh, uh, I, I can't remember them all. It's been a roller coaster ride. It has. It's been like, oh, this week you're in, this week you're out, this week you're in, this week you're right? Yeah. Has it been like, oh, we're going to include you and we're going to be more inclusive? Uh, well, not so fast. <laughs> so, yeah, it seemed like the early part of the decade, the church made some great strides with, you know, LGBTQ relations and like, okay, we're, we're working towards something. But then in November 2015, Penny, church comes out with this great idea right after marriage equality is, you know, legalized mm. through the Supreme Court. And they say, you know what, if anybody is in a gay marriage and they have children and those children live with inside of the household of the gay parents, they cannot participate in church, be baptized, receive blessings. And it was just. Yeah. So it was exclusionary in reaction to yep. the. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But they called it. What did they call it? Revelation from God. It was God's plan to exclude mm. the children. But then three and a half years later in April of this year, the exclusion policy is reversed. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember the Facebook memes, right? Yeah. God loves the little children. Oh, unless their parents are gay. <laughs> that is, yeah. That is. But, but, but how as a, as a gay man who's, you know, you, 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 Pick and choose your spots with the church to interact, but how do you how do you keep going every Sunday? Or you know what, like you know what I know I know right. I I have to like look at everything. I have to look at like the church, where what happened, why I hated the church, why I'm back in the church, what's going on in the church today, and I just I I just look at it and go, you know what, it's 
my history, it's my heritage, my grandparents, my great grandfather is Brigham Young, or and I, I, you know, I just you have lineage back I, to Brigham Young. Yeah. Oh wow. wow! I never knew that. He's he's my great uncle, actually. Oh, oh, great uncle. Cool. Yeah. So basically, you're so how many wives do you have? Just teasing. I, 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 me? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, me? Yeah, I give them up no. for life, right? <laughs> no, I just, no, it's just a joke with Brigham Young and all the kids. Never mind, right. never mind. So basically you're saying that you feel more complete with the church than without it? You know what? My journey has led me there, Yeah, right? That's a great my journey it. has led me there. I'm not even making any judgments about it anymore. I, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. I don't know that. I have a calling there. I kind of like, you know, they've asked me, do I want a calling? No, not really. Mm. A calling, really. Calling's a word for a job in the church. Yeah, I just, I, I'll just show up, you know, you know, be of service when I can or when I want or, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I go, I go, I, sometimes I like the lessons. Sometimes I hate them. I don't know. Yep. But I that think it sounds like life to me. Yeah, sure does. Doesn't it? Yeah. Any final thoughts, Glenn, that you you'd say to somebody, you know what, if they were in a similar situation as, you know, a, an LGBTQ, especially maybe a, a young gay Mormon, what what would you say to them today? It gets better. It gets better. I, I really, it, no, it does. It, you know, anything, don't take any of it too serious, no matter what it is. No, don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Don't let anyone bring you down. Don't let anybody tell you, because all these people that are that are going to tell you that they're not going to be here tomorrow. The only people that are going to be here tomorrow are, are, are is yourself, you know, and uh, you're the one that counts. Yep. And it's it's going to things are always going to get better. They'll change. You know, if you can just make it one more day, tomorrow's different. And live your truth in that day, too. Sure. I think That's the important part. Yeah, I think so as well. Well, Glenn, that is a perfect place to end this, I think. Thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh, love you dearly. We'll see you for lunch this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are we going? Oh, some road, uh, someplace on East Ridge Road. Which one? It's the one over by the church building, so I'll let uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you will. East Ridge. East Ridge. Yeah, East Ridge. Oh, great. That, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be going, Glenn! Glenn! Amy, where are you? No, but Glenn, thank you very much for taking time with us, and uh, we will be right back with a no, little more. No, no you, you can come. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, you should see, Lee, I, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I just met you, but I get the feeling that I'm being played right <laughs> no, now. No, no, you can come. <laughs> no, it'd be a great lunch. It would. That would be. be yeah, you'd, uh, that I, would. That would even out the table because it would be two gay guys on one side and two trans women on the other. It'd oh. be a great sight in Arondequoit. It would be. You can come. <laughs> I. I'm busy that day. I oh do. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This is Transformation Thursday. If you'd like to support Transformation Thursday, you can do so in the following ways. On Facebook, like the Transformation Thursday podcast. To support us financially, you can do so by going to our Patreon page by typing www.transformationthursday.com into your browser of choice. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to Transformation Thursday. 
And on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and write us a short review. It's free, and it really helps to get Transformation Thursday out to a broader audience. Finally, Transformation Thursday is copyrighted material, all rights reserved, 2019. According to the Human Rights Campaign, so-called conversion therapy, sometimes known as reparative therapy, is a range of dangerous and discredited practices that falsely claim to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity or expression. Such practices have been rejected by every mainstream medical and mental health organization for decades, but due to continuing discrimination and societal bias against LGBTQ people, some practitioners continue to conduct conversion therapy. Minors are especially vulnerable, and conversion therapy can lead to depression, anxiety, drug use, homelessness, and suicide. To date, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Hampshire, New Mexico, and one of my favorite states, New York, followed by Nevada, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico all have laws or regulations protecting youth from the harmful practices. Seven of these state laws were enacted under Republican governors. A growing number of municipalities have also enacted similar protection, including at least 50 cities and counties in Arizona, Florida, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Washington, and Wisconsin. And we'll be right back with our second segment shortly. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens and my pronouns are still she, her. You know, Penny, this whole conversion therapy bullshit comes down to is that in the mind of the religious right, we aren't born this way and we suffer from some form of mental illness. Or Satan. Satan, that's right. Yeah, I did a TED talk uh, this uh, this this past May, and I I talked about this point about the uh, the, the things that people have talked about me, where I, I you know I'm, I'm mentally ill, I'm possessed by Satan. I I put on dresses to go into the ladies' room to sexually assault women and girls. I put on dresses because I'm trying to signal men that I want to have sex with them. Uh, and I, I'm 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 part of the you know, the degradation of society and the one that I was, these are all things that people say about transgender people. The one that always gets me is that this is my lifestyle. Ooh, yeah. Your lifestyle. Yeah. No, tell, no. Tell me about your lifestyle. Well, my lifestyle is I sold everything and I bought a Volkswagen bus and I drove around the country following fish. That would be a lifestyle. I would do that while being transgender, but that would be, but the, the transgender part is not the lifestyle. It, that assumes that there's some choice in the matter. There is no choice. Oh, there is a choice. The choice is whether or not I admit to it and whether or not I have a chance at happiness. Well, my choice in the matter, as I discussed in a previous episode, was do I commit suicide or do I come out as, as at the time I defined it as Mm cross-dressing, eventually got me to the point of transgender, but... Yeah. That, what a choice. Yeah. And no one else seems to have that idea that this, these are the choices. Same thing with me. I, I, I don't really go into it in too much in depth, but in, in any of my shows yet, but I've talked about this, that, uh, what I was doing just before I took the, uh, that, the, the, before I came to the realization that I was transgender was I was looking at my calendar, trying to figure out the day that I was going to kill myself. Uh, you know, I knew I wanted, I, I had, I had like, I, I had like, it had to be in the summer because I was going to do it on my bicycle. Uh, and it, 
Yeah, because there are places I know there are places where the, the, on the trail where uh, you ride right into traffic, and a lot of times the traffic is trucks. And I was going to time it, and I was so that I would. Oh, you know, Penny. That's what I. That my was my heart pl- is aching. That was my plan. I wanted to make sure it wasn't near any holidays or birthdays. Oh. And I wanted I wanted to make it. I was my 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 original thought was I wanted to see my daughter graduate college, but she was a sophomore in high school, so going well maybe I can make it through high school. So I was looking at the summer after she graduated, looking for dates to kill myself, and I said, "What the hell am I doing?" And that was like that was the the trigger for me to. That was one of the triggers. I had like a whole bunch of things that were hitting me all at the same time about you know, attraction and, and, and who, what I was doing and who I was with and what I really wanted. And all of a sudden, when I took this Cogiati test, it was called the Comprehensive Gender Identity and Transgender in- Index. And it was asking me questions that I was asking myself my entire life. That's freaky. Yeah. You know, about you know, things like recognition of, uh, can you tell about what people are thinking about you when you're there? Can you tell when people are angry at you? Oh, I just took that test. Yeah. I scored transgender. Oh, congratulations. Surprise. <laughs> Not, you could knock me over with a sledgehammer. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was, and, and so that was where I was. So, you know, they're, they're the only choice is whether or not you admit to it. Well, and and I'm happy you did because I love you, Penny, and you're Aww. you've become such. And according to Megan Mack at WXXI Connections with Evan Dawson, we're, we're best, best friends. friends. She's not far off though. No, so she is. I She's... think she probably just got there before we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but we're gonna continue until we all everyone finishes. Yep. So that's well, a the, sex joke. Oh, sorry. I was I was already looking at my computer. You were, moving, you were already moving. This is the first time I think I've done a sex joke that you didn't do first. But go yeah, ahead. That's definitely that's a true statement. Yeah. So, but some final talking points here that I wanted to hit on real quick is we are born this way. I think science really indicates that gay and transgender people, non-binary, agender, mm-hmm. what wherever you fall on that LGBTQI plus spectrum. Yeah. Why would we choose this? So I, we're, we, and we why have, does it matter? No. And that's, it doesn't matter. Right. And even if Mike Pence or Donald fucking J Trump want to, you know, wage war on this, why does it matter? Right. This, this supposed culture war is just utter bullshit and a distraction from the real issues that are yeah, going on in our society. It's, well, it, it's, it's, I think that's what the design is, is to point to somebody and say, your life is bad because of these people there. Oh, and it's, and it's just utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, you talk about the test, we talk about science and like proving, you know, if we could quote unquote prove, you know, being gay or trans or whatever, but you know what? I, I don't want to take that test. No. Because my lived experience is what makes me me. And mm. and that's all that should matter. Right. And so it doesn't, I don't need a test to tell me I'm transgender. I've been dealing with this my whole life. Mm-hmm. Now I get to live my life as my true self at 47 and a half years old. Right. Yeah. Me, I, I'm doing it at 60, you know, and it, it, Come on, sixty. I am sixty. No, yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah, and you know, you're I, way too beautiful for sixty. Ah, uh, thank you. They say that sixty. They say sixty is the new fifty-nine. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm. I've heard I'm, that too. Yeah. So yeah. So my friend know. Glenn's still here, and we got him going too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's that. Now, now my evening has been complete. Yeah, and as I keep on saying, I was like, believe us, we don't do this because of any other reason than because it is the best possible way that we can do we can live our life 
And it really doesn't matter how I live my life versus what any of other people live their lives. I, I am not going to judge you, and I don't want you to judge me. And I think that's fair. And don't stare at me at a stoplight, okay? That's that's another thing, but that's a whole I'm just trying to figure out how you got your eye, eyeliner to do that. That's all. Oh, you weren't talking about me specifically. Oh, yeah. You, oh, that's somebody else entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I think we should wrap this episode up. What do you think? It's I been, think we should do that too. Put a little bow on it. Yep. And I, I want to thank Glenn Esty once again for coming in and being our guest tonight. Another fantastic interview. You bring in some really cool people. You got You know some nice people. And we're going to continue to bring them in, aren't we? I think we should. I think so, too. So um, any final thoughts, anything you learned from this episode? I I learned that there's some really, really interesting things about the LDS Church. Uh, I'm going to put I'm just going to leave it at there. And, uh, you know, I I like my faith and I'm I'm glad that you have yours and 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 Glenn has his. And uh, and I'm glad that Glenn is able to live his authentic life. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, maybe somewhere down the road we can talk about, you know, the church and the beliefs and how they interact with the LGBTQ community. But I think that could probably be, that could probably be a series of episodes. So that's a big topic. And I think there were little things that we threw in today that you, I think really caught you off guard. Yeah. And so I think we could catalog some of those and come back with some of those somewhere down the road. So my big learning is this is um, the conversion therapy stuff. It's just utter garbage. It doesn't work. It'll never work. It's a surefire way to end up with somebody that's going to be mentally ill or possibly, you know, end up, you know, taking their own life. So please don't send a kid there. Just love them for who they are, people. So. That's yeah. it. That's that's the biggie for me tonight. That's so. the best. That's the best message ever. So that is how we're going to wrap up another episode of Transformation Thursday. If people want to get in touch with us, Amy, how do they do that by email? Oh, I thought you meant like really touch us. No, you mean by email. Um, that's going to be Transformation Thursday Podcast at gmail.com. It's a long thing. I realize it, but Transformation Thursday Podcast at gmail.com. It's been very hard for me not to turn everything that you said sexual in that last sentence. I want I want special recognition about that. So anyhow, that's it for us. I am Penny Sterling. And, and I'm Amy Stevens. And thank you, everybody. And good night. Good night.